Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? Three and Out Podcast. Just, I I feel like deflated. You know, my energy. I I gave everything I had to the Eagles Eagles Packers. You know, we've we've come in early on Monday night games and Thursday night games. I just start doing this podcast at halftime sometimes. But man, that was was incredible TV. So we're going to dive into multiple angles from that game. Then basically what I did is I went through every game coming up this Sunday. And then, as always, we do the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. DM's wide open. You slide up in the DM's, and I answer your questions right there. Again, at John Middlecoff, Twitter handle, Instagram handle. My Instagram DM's are open. I answer your questions here on the show. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's just... There, there are a couple things left in this country that we watch live. And really, there are two things that we watch live. Like Netflix, you don't, we don't consume that live. You know, even the big shows on HBO and Showtime now, like Succession or Game of Thrones, we don't all watch that at the same time. There's reasons the power of pro sports, and right there with news, news is still a, a big deal. It's the only thing that, as a country, together, that we all agree, we watch that live. I mean, they're going to be, my guess is 20 million plus people watch that game. And there's a reason the NFL's king, because you can't, one, I mean, it was Eagles-Packers. It was, ever since Fox 
has taken over this game, I guess was last year their first year, it's elevated the broadcast. Because I'm watching that tonight on my couch, and just if you close your eyes and you just said open, and you said this is, you know, the this is second round of uh, of the playoffs, you'd believe it. That, that's what it felt like. Buck Aikman, the the lights, Wentz, Rogers. It doesn't get any better than that. And you know that's why the NFL prints cash because the amount of eyeballs they are getting on these type games is absolutely incredible. I, I saw someone on Twitter, and I was like, God, you know that conspiracy theory guy, but that makes some sense. The reason they've added the reviewable PI, because they know at minimum they're going to get an extra review a game, and that means more commercials. And I started thinking to myself, well, someone's got to pay Carson Wentz's and Aaron Rodgers' $150 million salaries. Money doesn't just fall from the sky. It, it really was remarkable. I, I don't even know where to start. I, I guess let's start with Rodgers. It's kind of a vintage throwback performance. Uh, he, he was brilliant. He, he was elite. I, I say it all the time. I, I, I watch pro sports for Aaron Rodgers, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. I don't watch for overachievers. I don't watch for even your backup players that are getting smoked all game long. That bothers me. You know, it doesn't bother me if I'm betting on the team like I did the Eagles tonight. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I want to watch Devontae Adams and Carson Wentz. This, this is the big leagues. This is where we pay these guys $20, $30 million. That's what we want right there. Aaron Rodgers, you know what? He ain't done yet. And I've been saying, you know, is Aaron still the same guy? Yeah, he's still pretty damn good. You know, I if, if you're if you're into baseball, Justin Verlander's getting up there in age. He still throws 98. You know, Rodgers might not be quite as quick as he once was, but man, he's special. And at the end of the day, I know their defense kind of got taken advantage of today, but it was a short week. The the Packers have played a couple physical games in a row. I'm not worried about Mike Pett. As I've been told by many people in the league, they think he's a high-level guy. I think the Packers' defense, multiple DBs, their D-line will be fine. Blake Martinez is good. I have faith in the defense. The guy that I don't have faith in, and I don't think that this game changed much in my mind, is the head coach. And, and the thing is, when you get to see two teams, like we got to see Wentz and Rodgers on the field at the same time. Wentz didn't have a great game, but you can the physical talent jumps off the screen. But you go, still, Wentz isn't quite Rodgers, right? But when you see two play callers back and forth, like two offensive play callers go back and forth, the ebb and flow of a game, you watch Doug Peterson start getting into a rhythm. His feel for the game is, you know, is top-notch. I mean, he's one of the top six, seven offensive coordinators in this league. Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. Dougie P, Frank Reich, and then you got Matty LaFleur that was at the goal line multiple times, and it's like he has no clue what to do. And there are times on certain drives, and listen, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty confident I'm right on this, is it feels like Rodgers is kind of bailing him out. I don't feel that this offense works when you're in a rhythm. When it's not in rhythm, it can look, it can look really off. And that's why the Packers have moments like, what is going on? Because, and I think this is for any play caller, it's kind of like a boxer. You hit him with a jab, you hit him with a left, you hit him with an uppercut, you bob, you weave, you hit him with another body blow, and then if he and then if he bangs to his right, you hit him with a left. And you just kind of keep hitting him. That's what the best play callers do. They're coming at you all. I mean, think about Bill Walsh. He loved boxing. I would imagine if you ever, I mean, he's long gone now, but there are elements to boxing and calling plays. And I'm watching Matty LaFleur that's standing there at the one-yard line thinking of what to call and has no clue twice when they're at the goal line. 
and he's not a very good red zone play caller. To me, that is very indicative of not having a great feel in big spots. And, you know, in defense of the second, I guess it was, not the last drive, or was it the last drive? I guess he was missing Devontae on multiple drives down the stretch. So, yeah, it was it was multiple goal line drives because it was the first one where they went, uh, they got to the goal line and they went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. Devontae was hurt. So, if you wanted to counter me, that, that's a big blow for them. But it's like, hey, man, just run the freaking ball. How about a quarterback sneak? How about something? I mean, what are we doing here at the at the one-yard line and not being able to punch it in with four tries? When you have a $100 million quarterback, you still got Jimmy Graham, you got a good offensive line, you're supposed to be some highly thought-of play caller. Why? Just because you know Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay? You notice how no one just goes, Doug Peterson knows Andy Reid. Yeah, they're close. They work together. But Doug's proved now by himself, like, he can handle it. He's a good play caller. He's just one of Andy's guys because he's good at it. And now Frank Reich is one of Doug's guys. They're just all kind of independent of themselves, and they're good. Like, the only thing Matt LaFleur has going for him right now is you're like, well, he's a McVay-Shanahan guy. Well, I watch Shanahan every week. He looks nothing like that. There's just no way he's not scoring a touchdown right there. And the Packers are lucky. Their defense is top-notch. Keep my fingers crossed. Devontae's one of my favorite players in the league because if he was out for a while for them, they would be in some trouble. They they, they need him. That, that would be a, a major body blow if he had a major if he had a major injury. But I, I think at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur, as you're already kind of seeing, is somewhat of the Packers' downfall. He's the guy holding him back because Rodgers still has it. Their defense is really good. This team's a lot better than I thought they would be. And then if we go across the field, I, I thought tonight was just another huge muscle flex for Doug Peterson. He is a he's a special play caller. His feel, unlike Matt LaFleur, when he's in a certain situation, when to go left, when to go right, when to stay with something. Because Twitter's always like, don't run the ball on first down. Doug Peterson's like, yeah, shut up. I'm going to run the ball on first down. What does Colin say? Manalytics? Yeah, take your analytics and put them in your back pocket as I run the ball down their throat. But then just the plays, even the play that Carson Wentz missed that ultimately gave the Packers the ball back and allowed them to drive down the field, Doug schemed Alton Jeffrey wide open. Carson just missed him. I mean, that's a throw Carson has to make for being a $32 million player. Like, Carson, you got to make that play in your sleep. Now, it's it's football. It's hard. He missed the throw, but you have to make that. And I, I think at the end of the day, there has to be Howie Roseman sitting up in his suite all game long thinking to himself, this team's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And we have one fatal flaw right now. And it's a fatal flaw that will kill us in 2019. We can't cover anybody. Our corners have no chance. So I know Howie pretty well, and draft capital means a lot to him. He's made one major trade in the draft, and it was for Carson Wentz. It was for a quarterback that any team worth their salt will trade the farm to get a franchise quarterback. It was well worth it. It's a little different at other positions. We've seen the Bears do it with Khalil Mack. And, uh, you know, the, the in theory, the Eagles have, you know, a talented defensive line. Now, Fletcher's a little banged up. Derek Barnett's coming along. Uh, Brandon Graham's still solid. Like, that, their unit's their unit. But their corners suck. Their corners stink. I mean, they, they can't cover me or you. And if you can't cover me or you, you definitely can't cover Devontae Adams, who had like 150 yards 15 minutes into the game. 
you need to figure out a way to upgrade. And there's one big elephant in the room, and Jalen Ramsey went on record today saying that he wants to be traded. The way you get it done is you offer two first-round picks. Now, I, I think you'd kick yourself. You could not have done that if you lost this game. You, you can't be 1-3 and three in mortgaging the future like the Pittsburgh Steelers did. That's, that's moronic. That is bad business, and how he wouldn't have done that. But I do think at 2-2, two and two you go, if we get Jalen Ramsey, can we make the NFC Championship game? Because you go, we haven't played Dallas yet. Amari Cooper is killing it right now. Gallup's going to come back. Their passing game looks to be at another level. How do we cover those guys? Because we have no... Maddox, our backup corner, just got carted off the field. Sidney Jones gets hurt whenever he jogs 20 yards. Jalen Mills is on pup. Lito Shepard is not walking through that door. So Herm Edwards is coaching now. I, I, I think that's their, really their only option. And I'd, understa- I'd understand it, though I think it'd be, it'd be bold. It would be, sometimes you got to be bold. And they've been bold before. I, I, I think you really think about offering two first-round picks. Because if you're the Eagles, you go, we're going to be in the playoffs two years in a row. So worst-case scenario, it's pick 23, pick 26 for Jalen freaking Ramsey. Because right now, we can look ourselves in the mirror and know we have no chance. And we have a we have a star quarterback who's in the, I wouldn't say the peak of his powers, but is only going to get better. We, we're going to get Deshaun back. Alshon now gets 10 days to heal. But we're not good enough at the secondary. We, we just, I mean, Devontae's a really good player. But he's not Jerry Rice. They, they had no chance of covering. Now, Rodgers was on. It, it would be, that would have been tough for, you know, any good secondary with the level in which Rodgers was playing. But he feasted on him. It, it's like a, uh, it's like when a lion walks on the Serengeti. He doesn't run after the fastest gazelle. He goes after the slowest one or the one that's injured, or he goes after the sick water buffalo. And that's what quarterbacks and offensive coordinators do. They don't go after the quickest animal. They go after the one that's limping. And when they find the one that's limping, they corral it and they eat it. And that, Every single time the night, Rodgers threw, and that, that's where I go back to LaFleur. Like, is LaFleur telling him to do that, or is Rodgers doing that in the huddle? Hell, by the time you listen to this, Rodgers might have said something in a post-game press conference, but it wasn't really you know it's a it's a rough loss for the Packers because you were in position to win it or at least have a chance to tie it at the end of the game you're still three and one and I I think the philosophy of any NFL team is if you go three and one every quarter you're gonna end up 12 and four and that's you're in the playoffs and if you go 12 and four you're gonna win your division the majority of the years then that's why I get back to the Eagles they had to win this thing they had no choice but to win this thing because you go one and three then you go three and one, three and one, three and one. That's ten and six, and that's not even a lock to make the playoffs. We've seen ten and six teams miss it before, but think of the margin for error you've given yourself, which is basically none because you got to win nine games the rest of the season. You basically you have to go nine and twelve or nine and three down down the stretch, and that's really difficult to do. And with the secondary of the Eagles, that'd probably be near impossible. That's why tonight was the Eagles had to win it. And they just, they found a will, a way. And some, what do they say? Where there's a will, there's a way. They did kind of will themselves to it because they just ran the ball down their throat. Now, I know analytics, they hate running it on first down. Listen, I don't like running on first down if you can't get yards. But if you can get yards, then you do it. And if things are working, you stay with them. And, and some of the best offensive coordinators don't overthink things. And I thought Doug did an excellent job tonight not overthinking things. And... And they found a way to win. And, you know, they they made plays when they had to in the red zone. 
I, I think Belichick's been saying this for years. It's not a yards are kind of meaningless. I mean, think how many hollow yards you see every week all over the NFL in the fourth quarter. Teams that they mean nothing to me. The, the the game is determined by who scores more points than the other team, and the way that you score more points is you score touchdowns and they don't score touchdowns. You hold them to field goals. You play good red zone defense. I don't care how shitty your defense is, twenty to twenty. If you play good red zone defense and you have a good offense, your team's gonna be good. Just that simple. And the Eagles tonight played fantastic red zone defense. Now, like I said with Devontae, they got a little lucky. There were situations where Devontae would have been in but when he was banged up, basically on two goal line and red zone situations. But, God, I'm just, I'm just buzzing from that game. I mean, inject that game into my veins. H- how good was that? How great is the NFL? Eagles, Packers, Thursday. Remember when th- Thursday night football... It's so unfair to the players. It's so terrible. Yeah, 25 million people on their couch watching that bad boy tonight. How many of those people are gambling like me and you, playing fantasy football? What else would you do on Thursday? Watch baseball? All the races have been over for weeks. What else is there to do? Try try watching a college football game. I got multiple TVs in my living room and I had Memphis Navy on the rest of the NFL game. It felt like a peewee game. Like, who could watch this crap? And don't get me wrong, I love college football, but when a high-level NFL game on is on, man, it just it's hard to beat what we just witnessed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. 
Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, time to talk about, you know, the games, because that's the whole point of this thing. As Ray Lewis, I think, once famously said, you pay me Monday through Saturday, Sunday's on me, or Sunday's for free, or something like that. Uh, I, I would agree. You, you pay me Monday through Saturday, Sunday is my day. It's Some people have Day of the Lord. The Day of the Lord in the Middlecoff home is day on our couch, and we consume football from sunup till sundown. That's what happens when you live in the West Coast. Football starts pretty early. Uh, when I lived in Philly, man, you had to wait so long for games, especially the night games. If you were playing at night, I mean, gosh, you just wait around all day to play. But I'll, I'll basically just start with the morning games and work through the night game. Panthers at Texans, Panthers plus four. Well, Kyle Allen had a pretty incredible debut, regardless of the opponent. He threw four touchdowns. Anytime an undrafted free agent makes his NFL debut and throws four touchdowns, you have to tip your hat to the kid. He once upon a time, right, was a number one overall recruit. or I don't know if he was the number one overall recruit, but he was clearly really big. Him and Kyler ended up at the same school, didn't work out, both transferred. Here's what I do know, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know my feelings on Vance Joseph. I think he is the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL. So I, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to diminish or take anything away from Kyle Allen's performance because your performance is your performance. But, like I say, you got to put some stuff into context. It was against Vance Joseph. This week, a little bit different animal. On the road against the Houston Texans, who are a pretty damn good team. Weird, flawed team, but a good team. I think last week they started playing some of their younger offensive line. Like, ding, ding, ding. Good job, Bill O'Brien. You draft guys in the first and second round. Even if you don't like them, you might as well play them and see what they can give you because when you're playing older veteran guys and you go, well, he knows the scheme. Well, Bill, he's getting smoked every week. They played, I think the first round pick played right tackle and the second round pick played guard. And they were just much better against a really good pass rush against, I want to call them the San Diego, but the Chargers. And this line seems a little off to me. I think the Panthers are getting a little too much respect with Kyle Allen. You're probably getting three or four points here for Texans. I like Texans, and I like Texans pretty big. Deshaun Watson's having a fantastic season. And I always say this. I make fun of Bill O'Brien a lot as a general manager. I've never questioned his coaching ability. 
And it looks pretty clear that if the Texans can just stabilize their offensive line, they're, they're a double-digit win team, and they will play in the playoffs. Now, whether they win the division will come down, I think, between them and the Colts, but they're pretty damn good. I, I like Houston to kick the Panthers' butt here. Now, the one thing I'll give the Panthers, you can't really, I want to get this in really quick. We, we talked a lot about McCaffrey, you know, over the fall, but their two uh, wide receivers, especially DJ Moore from last year's draft, can fly. So th- they can score points. That's why when you see a quarterback that can just function in the offense, they got players. This isn't three or four years ago when you're like, well, who's Cam playing with? They got DJ Moore. They got the Samuel kid from Ohio State, and Christian McCaffrey's a star. So, and Greg Olson's still good. Browns at the Ravens. You guys know me. I love authenticity. I love being true to yourself and speaking your mind. And I don't demand guys act like Russell Wilson and say nothing. But there comes to a point, I think you learned this right in economics, the law of diminishing returns. It also works just for eating. Like if you love eating a good meal, well, if you eat way too much, it stops tasting as good like your seventh helping. Well, Baker Mayfield, when Rex Ryan calls you out, just... This was a BP fastball for for Baker Mayfield. Just say, you know what? I don't care what Rex Ryan thinks. We're focused on the Ravens. Why are you focused on the Ravens? Because right now they're the best team in your division. And you're going on the road and you're a seven-point underdog. I think most people that aren't Browns fans like them to kick your ass. So I think Baker Mayfield always makes stories bigger than they have to be. He can never stop talking. Everywhere we turn, he's on commercials. And listen, I'm a capitalist. Yeah, I don't turn down money. So I don't blame him for doing the commercials at all. I would have done them too if I was him. Hulu probably gave him a ton. I don't know who's paying the State Farm or whatever when he's in the Cleveland Stadium with his wife. I get it. I am pro doing commercials. I am pro making money. But I'm also pro when when you put yourself on a pedestal like that and you're on as many commercials, you better come through. And right now, you are not coming through. And there's a chance. I don't know if it gets out or not. By the time you're listening to this, it came out today on Twitter, the All-22 view, that it looks like Baker Mayfield called an audible on that 4th and 9 draw. Like, Baker, if that's true, even though your coach you know, got up on the, on the, in front of the mic and said it was on him, this, this is a big boy league. This is a, this is a league where the quarterbacks make huge, huge money to wear that. So if you did that and you called an audible and you got up and on that podium and you didn't take responsibility for that, that ain't a good sign. That is not a good sign at all, because that's an easy one. Yeah, I, I screwed up. I called an audible. I, I heard us. I think part of the reason, my guess, is if he did call the audible, he thought it was third down, not fourth down, because you would never check into a fourth and nine draw, no matter what, not at that point in time in the game. Uh, I like the Ravens. I, I just I don't think the Browns are that good. And at the end of the day, just say this, and this is how I pick games, coordinators versus coordinators, head coach versus head coach. Well, Wink Martindale is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Going up against Freddie Kitchens, mismatch. Uh, I, I just don't see it. And the Ravens coming off a tough loss where they still, the score looked a lot better in the game. They got their ass kicked. I, I just think Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh at home. You're telling me Baker Mayfield's going to go on the road in Baltimore with everything that's going on with the Browns to get a win? I, I just don't see it. Like the Ravens, I don't know about necessarily covering the seven points. That's a lot of points. Their secondary is a little questionable, and if Baker can just get the ball in the hands of his playmakers, he should be able to score, but hard not to like the Ravens. I don't know how you could watch this game. Well, I guess Danny Dimes, excuse me. Redskins at Giants. Uh, the Redskins are just an absolute debacle getting three points. To me, this line should be higher. The only question mark is, is the Giants' defense is historically probably the worst defense in the history of the franchise, but Danny Dimes. And anytime you get Danny Dimes, and I think a little bit like Kyle Allen, it's different because he was a six overall pick. But how does the guy play in his second week? 
It's one thing to have an incredible week, and it was awesome. I talked about it on Monday for the for the podcast, first podcast of the week. He was great. Tip your hat to him. He was, he was fantastic. He couldn't have been much better. Can he follow it up? And you don't even need to be that good, but can you have a game where you throw for 280 yards and a couple touchdowns and no picks? Then it would be like, wow. Because the Redskins' defense, I got news for you, is not bad. Their front seven's good. Their corners stink. But it's not like the Giants have Plaxico Burris walking through that door. The Chargers, so I I, I can't, I maybe like the the Giants. I mean, the Redskins really going to go 2-14. and 14. They have better players than that. I actually kind of like the Redskins in the points. Chargers at Miami. Dolphins are just such a joke. I mean, Sam Hinkie. No one appreciates what you did besides Sixer fans, kind of, though they probably should have had the Greek freak as well. But if you're going to tank, just make sure it's only one year. Every single week, they're 17, 20, 21, 25 point underdogs. It's only going to get worse. Chargers, get Melvin Gordon back. One of the dumbest holdouts I think we've seen in sports history. You could argue it's the dumbest holdout in sports history. We'll have to take inventory to how much money he makes when he signs as a free agent this offseason. But the Chargers coming off a pretty devastating loss where they were up in the second half against the Texans. I mean, I don't see how they don't go to Miami and just blow the brakes off them. Now, last as I'm recording this, Melvin Gordon's not supposed to play. Not that that would even make a difference. But I, I would imagine the Chargers just, you know, just run the ball down their throat. Pretty ugly, pretty boring game. Kick their ass. 16 points. I'd probably take the 16 points. Raiders at the Colts. I wrote an article this week on The Athletic. That John Gruden is, you know, one of the biggest debacles we've seen in recent memory, given how much money he, you know, they paid him. Traded Khalil Mack, traded Amari Cooper, who's right now tied in the league with T.Y. Hilton and Julio Jones for four, with four touchdowns, who looks like an all-pro. Uh, his team is a joke. They just got boat raced by Minnesota. They got boat raced the week before by the Kansas City Chiefs. Looking back at that first game, that win against Denver, well, Denver's 0-3. They're terrible. And my point was, is for this guy known as an offensive guru, it's 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 a fraudulent nickname because he's not an offensive guru. I watched like Indianapolis the last couple weeks. Frank Reich, he, he's a really good offensive coach. He does things every game where you go, wow, that's impressive. Whoa, didn't see that one coming. Gruden never does that. He spends all this time. He doesn't sleep. What's the point of all that? I, I, I can't grasp what the point of working sun up till sundown if you're just going to call the same stupid plays that don't work. And, you know, I, I get Derek's taking a lot of heat, but we saw the only time Gruden ever wins is when Derek just has a good game start to finish. He can never get Derek just some easy plays, easy layup plays. And the more and more they lose, it's looking like this is going to be Derek Carr's last year in uh, in Oakland. Where will he be next year? Maybe Tennessee, maybe Chicago, who knows? Like I said about Indy earlier in the week, they're just really good. Uh, as of recording this, it doesn't look like T.Y. is going to play, but you never know. They don't need T.Y. They should kick the crap out of the Raiders. This should be like a 20-7 to game. It should never be close. I don't expect it to be close. And you're looking at a Raiders team that's probably going to win three or four games. Chiefs at Detroit, minus 6.5 to Chiefs. They're a road favorite by almost a touchdown against a team that's 2-0-1. That shows you how good the Chiefs are. Now, so let's start with the Chiefs. If Kansas City was an indoor team, we once upon a time called the Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, Mike Martz, all those guys, the greatest show on turf, this would be the greatest show on turf. Now, they play at Arrowhead, especially as the year goes on, it gets cold and windy. This team was this team was made to play on, uh, on an indoor facility on a rug. 
I, I just don't see how Detroit can score at their level. Though, I will give Detroit credit. They have played well. And they have taken advantage of some, you know, variables that have fallen their way. I mean, last week, the Philadelphia Eagles could not catch a cold. They, they dropped every single ball, despite still hanging in the game. And at the end of the day, I just don't really trust Matt Patricia. I just... I, I I don't know, man. I, I just see a guy that last game's a good example where they're in position to knock the Eagles out and he screws up the clock management and they have to kick a field goal and it ends up getting blocked and the, really the Eagles were in position to win if not for a stupid block in the back penalty. Now Matt Stafford's playing really well. They're doing a good job with Matt Stafford. I like the running back they have. Kerwin, is it Will, Johnson or Williams? I play him all the time in Daily Fantasy. The guy from Auburn, he's a good player. Their passing game now has been good for a couple years. TJ Hawkinson, the, the the rookie tight end, is a star. Like, that guy is a stud. Uh, but, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get it on paper. The Chiefs, every year, even when they've been really good these last couple years, have lost a couple weird games. This would be one of those games that wouldn't shock me. But because they're 2-0-1, if they were 1-2, and but had played the exact same, which easily could have been the case, I would say maybe the Chiefs players overlook them. But the more I've thought about this game over the week, I just don't see the Chiefs overlooking this Detroit team. Just because anytime you get in front of your team and you go, this team hasn't lost. Now, granted, they tied a game that they easily should have won. But still, I, I think the Chiefs will take this game seriously. And I, I was really, really all in on taking the, the Lions and the points. But the more I've thought about it, I'm just not betting against Mahomes. I, I'm, just, I'm just not doing it. Pats at Buffalo. This game's interesting, kind of like the Chiefs and the and the Lions. A little different because Buffalo's defense is just top notch. I, I worked with Sean McDermott for a year in Philadelphia. Just a really, really high level guy. We've seen what he did forever in Carolina when their defenses were kicking ass and taking names. Has something like that going in Buffalo. Remember, he got rid of a lot of players from Darby to Sammy Watkins. He shipped a lot of players that he inherited out over the years, and they're they're just playing really well. So can New England, who clearly is the best team in the league, just well-rounded team. You'd say the Chiefs have the best offense. New England probably is. New England or the Bears have the best defense, and it's not like New England's offense is bad. So New England top to bottom is the best team. This is a big game. Uh, I, you know, I don't think Belichick would mind losing this just to kind of wake his guys up. I, I watched some of the Brady's press conference on Wednesday, and one thing he talked about is we haven't played well in Buffalo now for a couple years. It's a tough place to play. Dudes tailgating, throwing each other into chairs and tables. I, I think Buffalo can give them a game as long as they their defense just does what they've been doing. How do they score on New England, though? It's been a struggle for them to score on teams like Cincinnati. Uh, for me, if you said the Buffalo Bills upset the New England Patriots, I'd say they have to get 20-plus points. I just don't know how they get 20-plus points on the Pats. The Pats right now, through three games, have given up an average of, five. five I think it's 5.7 points a game. I don't know. I mean, that's if they end up the year at like twelve, that'd be an incredible accomplishment. But I th- this is this is one of the games you have circled as just a football fan. I want to watch Titans at the Falcons. Both teams one and two. Falcons lost one of their key guys on defense. Titans have just been meh because of Mariota. Falcons minus four at home. I, I, I've tweeted this. I, I've said this over and over. What you're watching right now with Julio Jones looks like T.O. in his prime. He is a dominant, dominant force right now. Kicking ass, taking names. He's unstoppable. Because you watched the Colts game last week. The Colts beat the crap out of them. The only reason, I repeat, the only reason that game was close because Julio wouldn't let it. And Sanu. But Julio was dominant. He had a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone that was like, jeez, Luis. Uh, 
you know, I, I guess I like the Falcons. I don't I don't really like either of these teams. If the Titans quarterback play screwed, they they're in trouble. And Atlanta just again, too many injuries, kind of soft, not a big detail oriented squad. You know, Dan Quinn might be in trouble at the end of this year if they miss the playoffs. So I I'm I'm just going with the Falcons by default, but I don't really like both these teams. Tampa at LA. This game is interesting on paper because Tampa's getting nine points on the road. Say one thing you want about Bruce Arians, that he might get a little pass happy, but this team can score. Mike Evans is a monster. Godwin's a stud. They got the two tight ends, Bray and O.J. Howard, that can make plays. As long as Jameis isn't turning the ball over, which is a big if, they can score points. Uh, the, the young kid they have from USC, Ronald Jones, has kind of been coming on. Barber, the guy they've had for a while, has been playing well. Their offense is good. It's not like L.A. is the 85 Bears here. Here's the other thing. Jared Goff has been a little hit or miss so far this year. If you go back the last like five or six games, check out his NFL.com page. He hasn't really been playing like a $110 million man. Now, L.A. at home, McVay's such a good coach. Cooper Cup's playing well. The mystery of Todd Gurley, I don't know what the hell's going on. I guess he's got arthritis, but some games he looks better than others. A weird deal. Uh, I, I like Tampa in the points. Now, I don't like Tampa to win the game, but you're getting nine points with an offense that can score that much. Tampa plus nine is, is my pick. Seattle at Arizona, this is a no-brainer for me. Seattle coming off just a, a game where, kind of like the Falcons, the, the score is not indicative of what we witnessed. If you watch that game back, Seattle got worked by the Saints. Got worked. I don't have the record in front of me, but since the Seattle's gotten good in like 2012, I can't imagine Pete Carroll losing back-to-back games too often. Especially back-to-back games where... His second game was against a lesser opponent. The Cardinals are not good. Vance Joseph's terrible. Kyler Murray just looks like a midget back there. Uh, I've said from the beginning, Cliff Kingsbury, no chance he was going to come to the NFL and have success. I I like Seattle big in this game. Okay, this might be the game of the week. Minnesota at the Bears. There's there's a lot on the line in this game. Uh, Minnesota's 2-1. The Bears are 2-1. Both teams look very, you know, the Bears look, kind of top-heavy because they're elite on defense. Mitch is very hit or miss. But we've seen Matt Nagy overcome Mitch last year. Minnesota, who looks better this year than they did last year on defense, just a little more cohesion. Offensively, Dalvin Cook looks like a superstar. But Cousins looks off. So you're telling me, here's here's why I like the Bears in this game. One, it's just in Chicago. So if wherever these two teams were playing, I'd probably just lean the home team. But the thing to me that's the differentiating factor that I'm going to give Mitch a little bit of the benefit of the doubt at home, I hate Cousins against the Bears' defense. I just, I, I hate it. And the other thing is, their offense has been pretty dependent on Dalvin Cook. Again, I'm not saying he's the best running back in the league, but if you wanted to make the argument, I'd at least listen. How's he going to be able to run against the Bears' defense? That, that Bears' front four is just dominant. You, you can't move them. And really, their front seven, I mean, the two linebackers make all their tackles, and then when you try to throw, those two safeties make a bunch of plays. How is Minnesota going to do anything on offense? And they've had one of the better running offenses in the league so far because Dalvin Cook has been awesome. I forget the backup's name, but number 25, he looks pretty damn good too. That I just, I don't see it. I don't, you know, I definitely like this game being under. I just like the Bears. Game's at home, coming off a pretty big win, and their defense is really taken form. And you look back against that Packer game week one, the only reason the Packers scored the touchdown is because Rodgers, the guy jumped off sides, and he just threw it way down the field. Actually, it wasn't off the off sides play. But Rodgers kind of freelanced and hit 83 on a big play, and then they scored a couple plays later. That was really the only offense of that game. 
you are not moving the football on the Bears at home. That just ain't happening with this group. They are easily, to me, like the Patriots statistically right now, scoring defense is the best. But when you just watch the Bears play, 11 guys, their front seven and then their DBs, they're just the, they're the best, they have the best personnel in the NFL defensively. So I, I, I think the Bears get a big win. And I, I don't think that would be that reflective of Minnesota unless Cousins just has like a four-pick game. But if you told me that Minnesota beats the Bears, then I would say that Kirk Cousins plays his best game as a Minnesota Viking. This is a big game for the for the Minnesota Vikings and their quarterback because if he has one of those two-pick games and he's kind of the reason they lose, you start going, how are we going to win a game in the playoffs with this guy? We gave him $85 million, and he's just not a big-game guy. I'm, I'm watching the Safeway Open in Napa. Tony Romo, by the time you listen to this, you might know that he's made the cut or missed the cut. If he makes the cut and plays this weekend at the at the Safeway Open Saturday and Sunday, Boomer Esiason is filling in for him with Jim Nance. He's supposed to be calling this game, Minnesota at the Bears. But if he's he shot two under today, he beat guys like Phil Mickelson. He's he played awesome. He will not be calling this game. That's that's pretty cool. Talk about like player empowerment. That's employee empowerment. Yeah, I, I can't make work this week. I'm playing in a golf tournament. Tony Romo's a badass. Jacksonville at Denver. Gardner Minshew versus Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio's been terrible this year. One thing uh, is kind of evident so far with Vic Fangio, moving from the booth down to the field is a huge downgrade for him. I've always been told from people that work with him, his greatest strength is his mind. And when you're in the booth, you're able to see the entire field. I say it all the time. If you ever go to a football game, uh, like a Division One college game or an NFL game, you don't want to sit too close to the field. You actually want to sit probably in the second deck or lower third deck. It gives you the best vision of the football field. You see, you can see things open up. It's just a great view. When you sit too close, you can't see anything. Now, coaches are used to sitting that close, but Vic Fangio is not. He spent his entire career up in the box. It's where he does his best work so far. Who would have thought that, that Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller would not have a sack through three games? That's, that's insane. You know, they were talking this offseason about making Vaughn Miller play the best that he's ever played in his career. And it's not even close to that so far. And then Bradley Chubb coming off a double-digit sack season as a rookie. Nowhere near the quarterback. Their defense looks awful. Flacco actually hasn't been that terrible. He's just a boring watch. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey, I think I saw on Twitter today, say he still wants a trade. I wouldn't trade him. You know, if Jacksonville, I, I've said it over and over, if Jacksonville goes into Denver, they're 2-2, two and two, and they're kind of right back into this mix. I, I wouldn't discount them yet. Now, if they lose this game, I, I can't take them seriously anymore. But... I, I, I'm telling you, keep an eye on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then, in theory, what should have been the game of the day, but when Drew Brees went out, it's not quite as good. Remember last year, I think it was a Thursday night game, right? The Cowboys kind of kicked Drew Brees in the Saints' ass. That's when I kind of jumped on the Cowboys' bandwagon. I was like, God, their defense is fast, physical. They can cover. They can pass rush. The difference is this year, we've all they've always been able to run the ball with Zeke. Now they can really pass it. Amari Cooper's had an all-pro level season. He's been unreal. And, you know, Zeke's so good out of the backfield. Kellen Moore's been probably the assistant coach of the year so far. Give the Saints credit. And this is why you pay Sean Payton eight, nine, ten million million, $10 million a year. Went on the road to Seattle. They got a special teams touchdown. They got a defensive touchdown. Alvin Kamara was the star of that game. I mean, he kicked the crap out of Seattle. Saw someone tweeted out, like, the Pete Carroll quote, basically saying, I didn't realize Alvin Kamara was as good as he was. It's like, Pete, have you, have you not been paying attention? Pete, do you not play fantasy football? Pete, do you not just watch football? You didn't know Alvin Kamara was good? Now, I don't think even I knew, 
maybe coming into this season how good he is. But by about week two this year, I was like, God, this guy is this guy's unreal. And he he kicked just he he dominated that Seattle game. In the passing game, in the run game, he was the best player on the field. I, I just you know, if New Orleans, now they're at home, that place is going to be nuts, it's Sunday night. To me, if they don't get a touchdown, non-offensive touchdown like they did in Seattle, either a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown, or have a couple turnovers and big special teams play, I just don't know how they play with Dallas without Drew Brees. Because the one thing we've seen with Teddy Bridgewater, he's not throwing for 300-plus yards. Hell, I don't think Drew Brees would throw for 300-plus yards against this Cowboy team. Uh, the Cowboys are favored, obviously, on the road, but that's mainly because the the Saints are are playing their backup quarterback. I, and I say this all the time. If I don't like you as a prospect, like I did in Lamar Jackson, like I did in Jamar, uh, uh, Josh Allen, I didn't really like T- Teddy Bridgewater as a prospect, but you're a good person and just a high-character guy, like all three of those guys are, I root for them as players. And it's why I, I don't like Lamar Jackson, the player. I mean, he entertains me now, but I, I wouldn't want him to be my quarterback. But I love the kid. Everything I've heard about him, high character guy, I say the same thing about Josh Allen. I don't know. Maybe he is. He's actually has a chance, I think, to be pretty damn good. We'll see. I mean, this is going to be a tough week Sunday. And same with Teddy. I mean, they're all different type players. But if you're a great guy, like, I, I want you to succeed. I don't care if I'm wrong. Now, if you're a turd and a guy I don't like, I'm never rooting for you. But, like, Teddy Bridgewater's a guy, and that, that video of him in the locker room after the game kind of went viral He's an impossible guy not to like. One, one time at a Raider-Vikings game, when he was the starter of the year that, I think it was the year Blair Walsh missed the, missed the was the extra point or missed the field goal in against Seattle, he was walking after warm-ups and saw a kid far away wearing a Minnesota Vikings jersey. He walked over him, gave him his gloves. He's just a high-character guy. He's an easy guy to root for. I just don't know how talented he is. And when you play the Dallas Cowboys defense, they can, they can rush the passer. they got two linebackers that are everywhere. And their secondary is really fast, and they're well coached. I, I just, if the Saints win, it would be an incredible win. It'd be like one of the wins of the year to have your backup quarterback and beat the Cowboys. I, 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 I like Dallas in this game. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage. The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. 
Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff, Instagram handle. Slide up in those DMs and I'll answer your question right here. Love the show. Easily top three football podcast. I agree. Great knowledge, blah, blah, blah. Presuming Mahomes is the guy... Who is the second best quarterback in 2024, five years from now? Would love to see how you view Lawrence, Fields, Tua. I mean, I I wouldn't put any of those guys in the mix. Not because they couldn't be, but just because, I mean, that's a huge projection. I think you look right now, it'd be Wentz. I mean, how old's Wentz right now? 25, 26, so he'd be in his mid-30s in four years. Not in his mid-30s, 30 years old. Uh, it'd be Wentz. I, I think the only guy even close to Mahomes' upside is Wentz. The other guy would be Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I'd probably have those couple guys. Now, Russell Wilson, I think, is 30 years old, so he'd be 35. I mean, look at Rodgers is 35, so why couldn't Russell Wilson still be kicking ass? I, I would go with, uh, but I'd go with Carson. That would be my That would be my pick. Okay, next question. Hey, John, listen every week. I know you had covered this a little bit on the previous podcast, 
but I don't really understand the so-called complication of Eli's Hall of Fame case. I'm a Patriot fan, so maybe I'm seeing him take down my team twice in the Super Bowl makes me a little biased. But he's currently 8th all-time in touchdowns and 7th all-time in passing yards. I would like to think that the accolades of the two Super Bowls make him a shoe-in. Obviously not first ballot, but I think he deserves to be, and I never hear anyone ever mention these stats, just the 500 record inconsistency over the last few years. Just interested in your thoughts on why people are so hung up on him not being worthy of Hall of Fame. Because he's been a very, very inconsistent player in his career. You know, when I was in Philly, we obviously played him a couple times a year. You would just see him, obviously we'd play him, but you'd see him on cross tape. He would just have these games where he'd look like a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's one of the more polarizing players that's probably going to ever get into the Hall of Fame just because his lows were so consistently low. You know, and he was a you know a full-time starter. He had that record forever of starting all those games. And he would just have years where he'd throw 25 picks, 27 picks. And he was just terrible. And his high end was high, but his low end was low. If he hadn't won the two Super Bowls, if he had one Super Bowl, he'd have no chance. Zero. So I, I think the, the main reason he's in is because he has two Super Bowls. Which, I mean, that, that should have some merit, right? I mean, he won two freaking Super Bowls. But man, uh, I, I, I do understand the argument because... His consistency is pretty terrible. Which quarterback sensation are you buying into the most? Kyle Allen, Mason Rudolph, Gardner Swagger, Gardner Swaggy Minshew, or Danny Dimes? Who do you think can reach peak play and sustain it? Well, I would say Mason Rudolph, who I watched last week, was god-awful. So I, I, I would lend no one Mason Rudolph. Kyle Allen played Vance Joseph, so I, I'm going to temper my expectations there. It would be Minshew and Danny Dimes, and in fairness to Danny Dimes, he was six overall pick. You know, he, he was viewed as a first-round guy. Minshew was a mid-to-late-rounder. Now, I like Gardner Minshew, but to me, Gardner Minshew at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, is going to be closer to a Case Keenum type. I think when his career, he's going to be in the league for 10 years, be better version of like Chase Daniel, but he's not. Like Danny Dimes has a chance to be a seven, eight-year starter. I don't necessarily see Gardner Minshew. And don't get me wrong, I love Minshew. I love Swaggy Minshew, but I don't know if I see him as like a seven, eight-year starter. I see him bouncing back and forth between a backup and a starter. But I could be wrong. And maybe it's just because I view him the way I think most people viewed him coming out. Maybe that'll change. Because he does have some innate... Just feel in the pocket, playmaking. He's got some shit to him. There's no doubt about it. So I don't want to come off like I'm down on Gardner Minshew, but if I had to bet on one, it'd be Danny Dimes over Minshew. Hey, John, uh, fan of the podcast. My wide receiver one is Hopkins. Wide receiver two is Cooper Cup. I'm trying to choose between Demarcus Robinson, KC, Mike Williams, Chargers, and D.D. Westbrook, Jacksonville. Flex position. Well, I think Mike Williams banged up, so I'd throw him off. Robinson, Tyreek is eventually going to come back. But if you're just talking about this week, I, I think D.D. is D.D. and Charks. I think that's how you name him. Charks, the guy they drafted from LSU, have kind of been Gardner's guys. I've been playing D.D. in Daily Fantasy. So, again, I'm biased here, but I, I'm going with uh, with D.D. Most upside. They're, they're, the Jacksonville's playing in Denver. Denver's offense has been terrible. I, I like D.D. With the number of young quarterbacks in the league with a little game tape for defensive coordinators, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, how many games does it typically take for a defensive coordinator to start figuring out tendencies, start slowing them down? 
Well, I, I think anytime you have the off season, I think the off season plays a huge role. It's why when you see guys come back to the season, like Baker Mayfield kind of gets, you know, punked early on. I think when new quarterbacks are in, defensive coordinators, like if you're playing Danny Dimes in three or four weeks, you're not even paying attention to Danny Dimes till his game week. Now you have an advanced scout looking at it, but it's a little harder in the season, you know, so you just, because you're just kind of living week to week. Now, if it's a divisional opponent, maybe it's a little different because you're going to see him a couple times, but if it's just a week to week thing, I mean, they'll watch as much film as they possibly can. But you can only do so much in a week. I, I think where you know your opponents ahead of time, you can study your division in the offseason like the Ravens. You don't think the Ravens did studies on Baker Mayfield last year? 100 million percent they did. So I, I think the offseason plays a big role. And that's why I think you see a discrepancy kind of season to season on guys. What do you think about how Brissett has performed so far and where do you see the Colts ending up this year? Can he be a franchise quarterback in your eyes? I wouldn't go franchise quarterback yet. But he clearly could be your starter for a while. Uh, I think the Colts right now are headed toward the playoffs. You know, 9-10 wins, competing to win that division with Houston. And we'll see if Jacksonville can kind of get back on track. The Tennessees might be the worst team in that division now just because their quarterback plays in shambles. But I, I, I talked about the Colts earlier this week. Love everything they stand for. Love the toughness of the operation. Love how many, you know, just like legitimate starters they have at every position. How good their offensive line is. How dynamic the running backs are. Just how well-rounded of a team they are. They, they just—they're tough. They're physical, which could never really be said for Colts over the years, right? So, I, I love everything they stand for. Why is no one talking about the Lions being a legitimate team? They've beaten both the Chargers and the Eagles, playoff-caliber teams, and are a couple Kyler Murray throws away from being undefeated in the North. Sneaky playoff team or lucky? Like I said when I was going through the games, I think we're going to find out this week. I mean, if they just hang with the Chiefs, I think we take the Lions seriously. If they get rolled, maybe we go a little smoke and mirrors. We'll see if they come back to earth. I, I wouldn't completely write them off just because Stafford's a good player. Their offense has been good the last couple of years. If they can play some defense, you know, I, maybe they'll be able to hang. Accidentally hit sent. Do the Seahawks Schottenheimer continue running the ball to prove a point that their philosophy works? At what point do they just let Wilson loose? And do what everyone is saying he is capable of doing. What I don't understand about Seattle is why they don't take multiple deep shots a game. DK Metcalf is a legitimate deep threat. Tyler Lockett has been a good deep threat and a productive deep threat for years. I mean, every time I look up and I'm watching a Seahawks game, little Tyler Lockett's flying down the field making a play. And Russell clearly is one of the best deep ball throwers, not in the league, like we've ever seen. Just, just close your eyes, think most beautiful deep ball. To me, I immediately think Russell Wilson. Maybe it's a little, you know, living in the moment or whatever, but just think. Of, tell me a better deep ball thrower than Russell Wilson. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one. I, he's awesome. I, I think it's kind of Pete. I think it's just Pete. Pete, Pete like, gets a, gets a football erection from, from running the ball, which I get it. It adds toughness, old school, and I, I love running the ball as much as the next guy. I get a little hardball to me. I, I love running power. I, I even appreciate some of this zone stuff. It's not really my style, but Kyle Shanahan can run zone down your throat. It works. But man, throw the football down the field, Pete. Would like to hear your take on the Steelers offense and the OC Randy Fitchner. He seems to be over his head. Other young quarterbacks get a few layup throws each game, and it didn't seem Mason Rudolph got any scheme help from him against a good Niners pass rush. Who takes responsibility for this stale playbook? 
Ben because he likes it or Tomlin because he allows it. Uh, you know, I, I I can't judge this guy after one game with Mason Rudolph. I, I get you're mad, and I don't blame you. The, the The game plan looked terrible. Mason looked over his head. To me, it was Mason more over his head than the offensive coordinator was over his head. Because we did see this offensive coordinator last year, James Conner, the guy's falling off the deep end now, but Antonio Brown, I'm pretty sure, had 15 touchdowns. And Juju was really good. Vance McDonald's was good. So I, I'm going to put last week a little on Mason Rudolph. First start on the road against what looks to be a really good defense. And basically, beside one throw to Juju, kind of shit the bed. You know, And I'm not even talking about the box score. I'm just talking about how he looked. He looked, he looked freaked out. He wasn't in control. He didn't really give them a chance to win because... The Niners had four turnovers in the first half. If Mason is just completing a couple balls and moving the football, it might be 12-3 at half. Instead, it was 6-3. 6-3. And they got four turnovers. Think about that. Is there a worse quarterback in the league right now than Kirk Cousins when it comes to what he's being paid in the production or lack thereof? Yeah, it'd be him or Derek Carr. I mean, you know, at least Carr had a good first game, but when you factor in what Cousins is getting paid, and here's the other thing, like Derek, his team's so terrible. I mean, their best wide receiver is a former six-round pick who's just a good role player in Tyrell Williams. I mean, their second best receiver is Hunter Renfro. So, and Gruden looks like, do we sure even John Gruden knows what he's doing? You look at the Vikings, you go, well, Kirk, it's not like Kirk has anyone on offense. Oh, wait, they have a top three running back. They have multiple tight ends. They have... I'm just trying to think. Is there a better? I mean, I'm probably going to miss one. So, But they definitely have a top two or three wide receiver combo in the league. So you got a sweet wide receiver combo that any team in the league would take. You have a badass running back, and you got multiple red zone, legit target tight ends. Yeah, I think Cousins is just... And their backup running back's not bad. So when you factor in money and when you factor in talent on offense... Cousins, yeah, he'd probably be right up there. That's what happens, though. Like, this notion of, let all these guys hit free agency, get paid. You see so many players consistently get overpaid in free agency. And it doesn't happen that often in quarterbacks because no one even credible really ever hits free agency in their prime. Shows you what, there's a reason, Kirk Cousins. For as dysfunctional and stupid as the Washington Redskins franchise is, and there is not... Beside the Raiders, it's them and the Raiders, and maybe the Browns. We'll see after this weekend. The Browns might still be in that category. There's a reason they let them go. Like you got you to gotta give them some credit on that one. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. 
They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Uh, hey, John, big fan of the show. Been listening for a while, DMing you for some advice. I'm currently a sophomore at UMass Armstead, Amherst. I almost said Armstead. UMass Amherst, and I'm looking to make a decision on major soon. I love football and sports in general and think it's a potential path, but I know there are many risks. Just wondering if you have any advice yeah, I mean, I, I'd say the I was a business major. I think anytime you're a business major and you don't quite know what you're going to do, it leaves you options. I personally, have, I mean, I have a couple degrees, and trust me, I, they mean nothing in my career. Now, my, my undergrad degree enabled me to get a graduate assistant job and work in football, but the, the graduate degree I got at Fresno State is just pointless. But it just gives you options. And I was a business, I was a business major. I like that stuff. 
We didn't have a journalism school. I, I would have done that if they were at a journalism school. Though I, I would never have admitted I'm a journalist because I'm not. I'm just an opinion guy. But I did business, and it, it leaves you options. You know, if you want to, you can do anything from there. So th- that's probably what I'd recommend to anyone. And I'd say anyone that's not sure what they want to do, unless you have a specific major you're interested. If you're not, and you know you're a guy and you want to leave your options open, business is never a bad way to go. What are your thoughts on the Broncos and why they eventually underperform? Is that way the problem? Fangio a bad hire? Lack of talent? Poor play calling? I can't seem to figure it out without knowing what's going on inside the organization. Well, I don't know if Elway's the problem because Elway did help build a really good team. And it's beside Peyton Manning. He Remember, he signed Emmanuel Sanders. He drafted... Was Demarius Thomas already there or did he draft him? He drafted Von Miller. He drafted Malik Jackson. He drafted Derek Wolf. He drafted Danny Trevathan. They signed undrafted free agent CJ... Anderson they drafted Julius Thomas like he built a pretty legit team his problem is he hasn't really found a coach once Kubiak kind of got sick uh Vance Joseph was a disaster Fangio who I who is a good coach he's just clearly not comfortable on the sidelines he hired the quarterback coach from the San Francisco 49ers who I'm pretty sure had never called plays before at anything beside the high school level if even the high school level you know he signs Joe Flacco he drafts Drew Locke they're just in a bad spot right now. They just they just don't really have that much direction. That's what I think is a big problem for them. They don't have that much direction. Elway's still like holding on to these old school philosophies of like, I needed a tough old school coach. No, John, you just need a good coach. You didn't Fangio is a is one of the best, if not the best, defensive coordinator in the league. He's not a head coach. And John was so desperate to have some like old school ass kicker. Like, John, just just hire a good offensive mind. Think about this. Did anyone have more of an inside track and inside knowledge of a, of Kyle Shanahan? Why didn't he hire Kyle Shanahan three years ago? Why would he not do that? That, that to me, was the undoing of the Broncos these last three or four years. They could have had Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan and John Elway sounds a lot better than John Elway and Fangio and, and Vance Joseph. Appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, enjoy football, you know, because it's football season. That's what we do during football season. We watch football, and then we talk about it. Uh, talk to everyone soon. See you next week and peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, You can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. 
Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.